Hello and welcome to the Saga of She podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Gemma. And as always, apologies for any swearing that slips through. And as has become the new normal, we are doing this remotely, so really sorry for any technical difficulties, awkward silences, or both talking at once. It's hard to know when to speak when you can't really see the other person, although we are trying something new on that. Which makes when Yannick's fan giggles. So in today's podcast, we'll be talking all things Star Wars. So it's fitting that this is our fourth podcast. You know, may the fourth podcast be with us. No? Not a fan of that one? No. So as we'll be covering the movies, um, some of the books that we've read and comics and TV shows, we want to just issue a spoiler warning because we don't want to ruin the magic for anyone. Before we get started, we wanted to say a big thank you to Time Travel Talks for giving us a bit of a shout out and sharing our blog and podcast on their social media. We really appreciate their support and the support of everyone else as well, all of you who have listened and liked and shared our posts and podcasts. So now that that's all out of the way, shall we talk Star Wars? Always. Always. <laughs> the Star Wars franchise began with A New Hope way back in December 1977, which was before either of us were born. At the time, it was just called Star Wars, and everyone from George Lucas to the cast thought it would be a flop. Thankfully, they were wrong. Today, the combined Star Wars movies have made over $10 billion. And it's not just movies anymore. Today, we have books, comics, TV shows, and more merchandise that my house can hold. And even a theme park, which we really need to work into a staff outing. Definitely. (laughs) So it's safe to say that Star Wars isn't going anywhere. So with that in mind, what was the first thing that made you fall in love with Star Wars? So I didn't really know much about Star Wars when the first film came out in, I say the first film, the first of the prequel films came out in 1999. And I remember watching that. I remember watching it and just kind of being in awe of it. I watched that and then I wanted to know more. But obviously in Mm. 1999, I was eight. So... (laughs) Whether or not that's really good viewing as an eight-year-old, I'm, I'm still on the fence about. But I'm the only one in my family that likes Star Wars. So I've been a bit of an enigma in that. My other half family, they like Star Wars. So at least I have someone to bond with family-wise now. <laughs> what about you? I'm, I'm quite lucky. My dad's always watched Star Wars. So I don't really remember a time when I haven't watched or liked Star Wars. The first film I liked, vividly remember watching is Return of the Jedi. I think it was the Ewoks when I was a kid. I do love the Ewoks. I do love the Ewoks. Do you know originally they weren't called Ewoks? That came later. Were they ever called Ewoks in the films? I don't think they are. I don't think they are. I thought that was a bit of a trivia that I read that the Ewoks are never called Ewoks. Yeah. I really like the bit where they think three POs are God. Yes. I love that bit. I want to know what's in his protocols to stop him acting like a god. Like, what are we missing? What did Anakin do? <laughs> that all gets a little bit confusing, doesn't it, with the whole um, R2 and C3PO? Because, obviously, in the prequels, it's kind of that Anakin's built them, but then he doesn't remember. Like, they don't remember coming to that point. So they don't yeah. It's very confusing. I mean, in the like in in the Clone Wars, Anakin, um, R2 basically goes everywhere with Anakin, which is quite cool. I do love the Clone Wars. Now that I have Disney Plus, <laughs> I'm going to be sitting down and binging that and hopefully getting my little boy to watch it as well. Because, you know, you have to start young. I've already got him into liking Spider-Man and Iron Man. So, you know, I'm on the way to getting him. Raising him the right way. Exactly. I think that's the thing with Star Wars. Like, take all the money and the angry fan base out of it, but Star Wars is about connections. Like, it's helped you bond with your in-laws. It helped us bond. Yeah. You want to watch it with your son, which is like another generation. And like, I don't have much, if anything, in common with my dad outside of Star Wars. And we went and saw all three of the new ones, so Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker, and the Rogue One in the cinema, just me and my dad. Yeah. And I don't, I haven't had many experiences like that with my dad, so I think, like, Star Wars is about the connections that it builds. Yeah. As much as it is about how much it's made in the cinema. Yeah, definitely. Because especially when you think about people that were there for, like, the very first film, 
have now watched the entirety up to the concluding chapter that came out last year. Whereas some of us have kind of been dropped in at different points. So I first found them at the beginning of the prequels. So I then watched them very much out of order. Mm. And then, you know, I keep trying to convince my other half to watch them with me. (laughs) It's not really going well. But I've said to him, if we sit down and watch them, I'm watching them from episode one through to episode (laughs) nine. I'm not doing it in the original order, no matter how much he asks me, because I don't want the questions. Yeah, it doesn't matter how many times I watch it with my other half, she'll still say, who's that? Then I'll be like, that's Yoda. And then we've kind of been, she's been, she quite likes the Mandalorian. Yeah. So, spoiler, if you've not seen it, there's like a, a, a child in it that looks like a baby Yoda. Although, if you've avoided that spoiler, you've done amazingly well, considering it's everywhere. It is everywhere. But um, it's like trying to explain to her that, no, that can't be Yoda, because it's set after this, but before this is just, yeah. Sometimes I think that is quite difficult for people that are binding the franchise, Mm. because it's split between TV shows, films, books, comics. It can be really difficult, because there's bits, I, I haven't seen any of the Star Wars tv shows yet Mm. so obviously i watch the films and then some of the tv shows fit in between films yeah clone wars um fits in i think it's between phantom menace no i think it's between attack of the clones and revenge of the sith but not 100 percent sure yeah but it's it's before anakin goes to the dark side yeah but this is the issue and like the books as well yeah, the books give out so much more information. You know, like um, today you have people whose whole career is based on Shakespeare. Yes. In the future, we'll have whole people whose careers is just on like the lore of uh, of um, Star Wars and Harry Potter and stuff like that. Probably. And it all seems so bizarre because we all grew up with it. Yeah. But at the same time, the lore keeps changing or bits are added to it. Yeah. And it does. Sometimes that bugs me. Yeah, and I sometimes wonder if it's being changed to fit with films or if it was accidentally missed off to start with. So it's like they're changing the law to fit in with bits that they put into films. Yeah, so they've had another good idea. So a bit like J.K. Rowling was doing with Harry Potter. Yeah. I've kind of stopped reading the extra bits because yeah. I'm just like, well, I don't want to know about that. We don't need it. I think that's the thing. You don't need extra information. I think that's my biggest issue because I, I really like the Clone Wars and Padme is quite a big character in it. Yeah. And she's so strong and sure of herself and runs into danger without... She's not a damsel in distress in it or, no. at all. So I get so... I, I don't dislike the prequels, but I get so angry when she dies of sadness after seeing how much of a badass she is in Clone Wars I can't connect those two character points no I would understand that she would be completely broken by what happened I can I understand that but as a character she's been set out I don't think that she would give up she has or you know she's got kids that she would have to be strong for and then protect that would be the first thing as a parent that you would do i'd have quite liked her to have um given the children a way to keep them from darth vader as he was by then yeah but then i also feel like she'd have wrecked the empire in a week to get her children back yeah as a character she would have either i say she would have either she would have given them up in that way of she knows because it would protect them from him but then she would have then gone out to destroy the empire to rebuild her family and to then go and get her children back yeah i feel like that's the kind of character that she was not the character that she then ended up being yeah i I think out of all of star wars i find her ending the most anger inducing or one of them anyway dissatisfactory yes dissatisfactory i keep hoping hoping that down the line there's going to be like a you know, like a Rogue One standalone where she didn't actually die and she's kind of in Jedi witness protection or something. <laughs> <laughs> but, but do you know what I mean? 
Yeah. I don't think I'd be able to deal with that more than the fact she just died of sadness. Or even if Anakin had killed her. I feel like that I could have dealt with. Yeah. Bit dark there, Emily. But, yeah. but that was the whole thing. He was afraid that she was going to die. He went mm. to the dark side to prevent it. He almost killed her to start with because he was jealous. If that had then ended up that she was basically at a point where she couldn't be saved and that's why then the children were born and she died, that would make more sense to me. Mm. And the fact that... But then I think that probably would have made him unredeemable i guess that was their overall arc wasn't it i mean you're saying that he went and killed a temple full of children <laughs> i didn't even register that on the bad side he's already quite <laughs> unredeemable i just find the killing of the younglings so mm, it just irritating because there's this bit in clone war where where anakin says something along the lines of we must protect the younglings and every time i watch it i'm like mm-hmm, yeah sure whatever isn't there another bit about when he's like asked if he'd be a teacher and he said, no, I'd probably kill them? Yeah. Like, uh, a bit awkward. He's so sassy in Clone Wars. I do love him. I think that's the thing. He becomes quite mopey and whiny. Yeah. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I think the Clone Wars as well does a very good job of highlighting the fact that the Jedi aren't necessarily right in their... In, we talk about it like it's real, but you can see... It's very clever at showing you where the cracks are and how they are manipulated. Yes. And you can kind of apply that to a real world as well, if you like. Not yeah. to get too political. But then that's like Luke's whole argument, isn't it, in in the new films, is that there's nothing wrong with the Force, but the Jedi are flawed. Yeah. I think you're able to see that from the prequel films. Definitely. So that creates that link. Also in Rogue One, I think that comes through a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I love Rogue One. Out of all the the newer movies, that's probably my favourite. I was not mad that they made that. When they said they were going to make three new films, I was like, oh, really? Do we need any more? And it's not to say I haven't enjoyed them. I've really enjoyed them. But my first thought was we don't need three more. Like, we had the originals, then we had the prequels that explained what happened up to that point. So that made sense to me. The idea of having more felt annoying until I watched them and I'm like, okay, fine. I can accept that. But having Rogue One, I thought, was really interesting to have that start point to the first Star Wars film. Mm. It was that, that backstory that you kind of heard about but never saw. I'm excited for the Cassian Andor TV series, especially as they've just added, oh, I don't know his real name, but he plays uh, Eric Selvig in Thor and Avengers. Oh, yes. He's going to be, he's just been cast as a regular in it. So Uh it's got some big names. And if it's anywhere near as good as the quality of The Mandalorian, then I'm very excited for that. And for the Obi-Wan. I'm excited for the Obi-Wan stuff. Well, that keeps getting delayed, which is never a good sign. No. I think they're having trouble getting the right writer. I think that's the thing. Which, you've got to do it properly. And I love how fascinating he is. Well, the, the Mandalorian's quite lucky because that's Dave Filoni and John Favonnier. And then Dave Filoni does, or did all that, has worked on the Clone Wars and he was kind of trained by Luke, George Lucas himself. And yeah. obviously John Favonnier is just amazing. He did Iron Man 1, Lion King and a lot of other things yeah but finding a team that good is going to be really difficult i think yeah and then i guess I also to line up with hired a woman at some point i mean there is that that would also be good um i feel like could become a rant it, yeah because i'm a bit confused with what star wars plans is plans is plans about up. university education <laughs> I have a degree and a master's, I'll have his nose. Um, Because they said they weren't doing any more movies. And then they announced a slate of new movies. But Mm. are they just not doing any more Skywalker movies? I have no idea. Somebody said they might do The High Republic, which I'd be alright with. That's meant to be quite good. Yeah. But isn't there some talk about they're going to do something with Ray and her immediate after what happens at the end of Rise of Skywalker. There's been some talk about that, and I don't know if that's going to be a TV series or if that's going to somehow feed into another film. 
I'd quite like to know. I, you know what? I've got to be honest. I didn't dislike Ray. I thought Ray was cool. But I'd be more interested in Finn's story and the other stormtroopers who felt the call to the light, even though they'd been brainwashed. Yeah. Because I'd, I'd, I'd love to, that to have gone somewhere. Yeah. Why did those particular ones withstand it? Because there was that connection, wasn't there? The um, spoiler alert for Rise of Skywalker. From Rise of Skywalker, the I don't remember the character's name, but they they meet her when they crash, and she um, she's supposed to be Lando's daughter, but that's not mentioned in the film. That came from like a book or something. Yeah, I so have. It'd be interesting to see that connection. Yeah, and they were kind of setting Finn up, weren't they, to be a Jedi? Mm. Wow, because you kind of saw it a little bit in the films that he needed to talk to her about something and he kind of he never does though no and he kind of knows what's going on like he has a feeling about stuff Mm. it'd be interesting to know if there is a reason behind why they because obviously that's what Finn said he knows the difference between right and wrong that then also comes down to how the Jedis are because in the because I can never remember which one is is it the originals which Jedi's just have to train, but the prequels, it's the uh, Mydro, the, the Count in the Blood, isn't it? It's the prequels is the Mydroclorians? Mydra yeah. Is yeah. that, is that is their way of knowing if someone's like force sensitive? So yeah, it'd definitely be interesting to, I'd, I'd quite like them to do something with that. I, I feel like if, they, if they're really done with the Skywalkers, then that's okay. But the fact that Ray then said she was Ray Skywalker, if they don't then, if they did something with Ray, it's technically a Skywalker film. Yeah. So it'd be quite nice if they said, okay, well, let's go with, let's see why Finn and and these people. Yeah. And don't forget. First order training. Yeah. And don't forget as well, they, they set up the idea that they were going to almost bring back the Jedi because at the end of, the Last Jedi, there's oh, yeah, the boy yeah. with the brush. With the brush, yeah. So they're kind of set up that they're going to bring back the Jedi somehow. And obviously Rey would be the person that would do that. She is the last Jedi. But then what are they going to do? Are they going to do film? Are they going to make a TV show? And I guess that goes down to franchising. Like, is Disney going to want to produce more films? I mean... Every time you drop a Star Wars movie, even the most unsuccessful ones like Solo, I mean, Solo got boycotted because some fans are not particularly nice. Yeah. Even that made its money. Exactly. But they're not going to make... I'd, 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 I really liked Solo, but I would have been all right if it hadn't have been so cool. If, if it had just been about a random space smuggler, yeah. I think it would have been better received. If that um, makes I'm trying not to give yeah. spoilers because I know you've not seen it yet. No, but the reason I haven't seen it is because I've had good and bad things said about it. I've had, but I guess that goes down to the Star Wars fan that's watching it. Like, do you watch it as a separate film or do you watch it as part of the Skywalker franchise where it's meant to be information behind Han Solo? And he's one of my favourite characters and I'm really scared that I won't enjoy it. But I, I think you can watch it. Because I didn't particularly want to see it. I was kind of on the fence about it. My other half surprised me with tickets. And we went and saw it in the cinema. And I kind of went in thinking, I'm not going to like this. But I absolutely loved it. And yeah. I think he makes the role his own enough that you can forget. But then you also see some of the... You see Han learning some of the lessons that we now know from the originals. That you see where he picks up things like shooting first. You can see that. But I never felt like Solo was complete. Whether they thought they'd make a second one or whether they might make it as a TV show, I'm not sure. Yeah. But they set up things in Solo that I would love to see come to fruition. Yeah. I think this is the issue. They seem to set up a lot of stuff. So, like, the last Skywalker, or the last Star Wars film, sets up a lot of characters, a lot of characters, that you kind of wouldn't have missed if they weren't there because not enough was given with them but obviously they're then storylines yeah. that could be taken into other things which i understand them doing 
but it's when they don't do that that it's really annoying people with cool armor in star wars tend to get ignored but then they become fan favorites like Boba fett i mean i love phasma yeah um as a character and um i was really sad that more didn't happen with her because there's an extended cut of um last jedi where her and finn their their final fight is a lot longer yeah i'm sad that got cut i actually read the phasma book recently yeah and oh my god i love her even more now that i would i would love to see that on the screen especially because i think gwendolyn christie would do amazingly in the last jedi book there is kind of more said about her Mm. it's kind of like the hearsay that the other stormtroopers know of her so but it's not a lot of information it's just kind of a hearsay that they know yeah that sets her up again as more of a character give some padding to the character it's the best way yeah i mean phasma sort of tells her origin story and how she came to be in the festival it also gives you an insight into hux's background as well yeah i got some of that from the um last jedi though because i didn't really know much about his backstory but then they it's not like an in-depth but it gives you more of a overview and then it it gives you his motivations and i think that's what's missing from the film you don't know what his motivation for that for how he is because he's like another character like in the originals you've got dark you've got um tarquin am i saying that right i think so he's got quite a fleshed out backstory you know who he is he's got his own role yeah Hux kind of almost felt like in the force awakens he was a bad guy who was working alongside kylo ren then in the last jedi he was almost reduced to a comedy relief yeah and then i don't even know what was going on with him in rise of skywalker well they made him into a mole didn't they he yeah but mole. not not because he'd had a spoiler alert again he didn't change sides because no his morals he changed sides because he just didn't like kylo you wanted more power yeah basically yeah but that wasn't ever really even that made him come across as a bit weak yeah but in the in the book in the second book there is more information about him like as like who he's related to as well and how that fits into the greater star wars story in itself and how he's become who he is and his motivation and there is more of a there's more conflict between Kylo Ren and him yeah and that kind of pushes in like I now understand his character more if I um, go and watch the films just from a small amount that's in a book I mean same with Phasma really but this because yeah. in the book those two like Phasma and Hux are kind of like a team yeah they also have some kind of push and shove between them in a way so which knowing that and knowing what i do from the phasma books book i I can see why and that would make a really interesting story because i want to give any spoilers such but phasma ends up in the first order she's recruited by hux's dad yeah um and then her and hux kind of form an alliance and yeah so you can see why it'd be them against but you can also see why they'd be push and shove yeah because it's that power dynamic isn't it they both want the power yeah and that's the whole thing like between like kylo and hux is they know that they're kind of not top dogs and all of a sudden that opening comes and then it's going to be a power battle as to who's going to get that so also they joined the first order for different reasons like hux was almost born into it following in his dad's footsteps believes in the republic whereas kylo just is an angry little fella he kind of gets pulled into it to be a weapon, not to be a leader. Yeah, he definitely didn't want to lead the, the first. Well, I don't know. He suddenly does. I think at the start, yeah. he was just a tool. He was just a tool to be used by them. But then I, yeah, because by the end of uh, The Last Jedi, he says to Raiders and he let's let's destroy it all. No Jedi, no, no First Order. Let's just start over. Yeah. It's the best path. And if it hadn't have been a villain saying that, we'd all be like, yes, let's do that. Yeah. I think that's important to their relationship as well, isn't it? It's, it mirrors Anakin and Padme as well, in that Anakin wants to take, her, to take her away from it all and control everything in the same way that Kyla wants to control everything. But he also wants 
that person that understands him mm. it's kind of it mirrors in a way oh yes it does yeah i never really thought about it to be honest i kind of sometimes forget that anim uh, Anne, <laughs> and akin and padme were were a couple as such yeah i think just because i get so angry about her death yeah but obviously in in the first three in the first three episodes you see that descent into darkness in the last mm. three you see this rise into the light so it's like they are like the opposite of each other in yeah that and there's also that that uh, mirroring as well with father and son because spoiler alert again luke is the one to bring vader back to the light yeah so the son saves the father and then in rise of skywalker it's the father that brings the son back to the light yeah because have you seen this debate about whether it was actually Kylo who killed Han or whether Han turns the lightsaber on himself. I have not. Well, because when you watch it, um, Han kind of puts his hand over Kylo's. Yeah. So there's this, this school of thought that he was the one that ignited the lightsaber, knowing that that's what his son needed. So he almost sacrificed himself. But I'm not sure where I stand on it, to be honest. I don't know. Cause I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I understand, like, the self-sacrificing aspect of it. I could very much see Han doing that. He is very Hufflepuff. I think one of the, the best things about Star Wars is you know, as soon as you hear that music, there's no mistaking what it is. Yes, it's very distinct. It is. And it doesn't matter how many times I've seen the movies or the films, as soon as the theme starts, I'm like, oh, Star Wars. I'm like a child again. Yeah. I was watching Star Wars like a week ago-ish and <laughs> we were, I was sat just on my sofa downstairs and my other half was sat on like, the other side of the sofa playing on one of his games and he could hear it through my headphones and he knew I was watching Star Wars because he heard the pew 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 so like even though he doesn't know what Star Wars is it's got recognisable sounds yeah. to it so he knew exactly what I was watching just from a sound they reckon a lot of actors do the pew pew pews and they have to like cut them out and they do the when the lightsabers come on which i mean anytime i pick up an object that could be used as a lightsaber like wrapping paper i have to do the noise and then wave it around like i'm i'm fighting darth vader well exactly i mean slight tangent but chris pratt said that in one of his interviews that he got told off because he kept making the noises for his gun so they had, he said like he didn't understand why they were making him do it again until he realised that he was the one making the sounds <laughs> he was just doing it and not realising it so I think that was probably an issue because you just know you know what it should sound like so you automatically make the sound yeah I don't think you can help yourself I think it just happens no I mean I have a, a, a lightsaber or two and I, I tend to make the noise when I'm waving that around not that I wave that around because I'm a grown up when you have to move it to clean it Oh, how I wish that was true. Yes. I'm saying that with the air quotes around it. To clean it. Air quotes. I really do love Star Wars. As soon as we're talking about lightsabers, we should probably move into merchandise. I feel like that's a good segue. I mean, Star Wars has merchandise for everything nowadays. Like, my car mats have got Darth Vader on them. That's pretty cool. And I have cups and bowls and T-shirts, pyjamas, books. I my home phone is R2-D2. See, that's just really, I don't have a home phone, but I would have one if it was R2-D2. I could press the button and show you the noise. I mean, why not? Let's, let's have a listen. And it lights up, it's amazing. Yeah, I feel like I'm missing out now. But I also have a lot of Star Wars related things. I go and I buy like men's tops because the men's tops are the ones that yeah. have the cool Star Wars stuff on, which really frustrates me. I, I mean, her universe, which is designed by Ashley Eckstein, who does the voice of Ahsoka in Clone Wars. I mean, her stuff is amazing, but because it's America only, by the time you've paid shipping, you're paying like 30 quid for a t-shirt. I mean, not that that's the most I've ever spent on Star Wars stuff, but... Yeah, but when it comes to like a t-shirt, it's a bit much. Yeah, but I think with Star Wars, and this might sound sappy, but there are things in my Star Wars collection that I've saved for. Or yeah. that were expensive gifts. Like um, the first Christmas that I was with my other half, she bought me a vintage wind-up Chewbacca toy. Yeah. Which, you know, was quite expensive. 
But the things I love most in my Star Wars collection are the silly little things. Like, like I said, I went to see Rogue One with my dad and we got popcorn buckets and cups. Yeah. Like collector edition ones. I love those. And I have the cup that we got when we went to see Rise, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. We posted and that on have... Instagram, didn't we? Because yeah. we have R2 and C3PO. Yes, we do. You have to get your which one is which, though. And I got so excited, I almost forgot to pay for mine. Yes, that was awkward. (laughs) And then, then I walked into the uh, wall because I was watching the trailer on the big screen. Yeah, that was an awkward (laughs) evening. Lots of that happened. I nearly fell down an escalator when we (laughs) left. It's amazing that we're both still alive. I know we're very accident prone. I'm surprised we haven't destroyed the technology yet either. We're we're doing quite well. I'll give it time. Yeah. But I think that's the thing with Star Wars. Like it's that connection thing again, isn't it? It's Yeah. Yeah, it's it's I would love a full set of Star uh Star Trooper, that's not right, Stormtrooper armor or a life size R two D two. But it wouldn't be I wouldn't love it any more than I love like uh a few years ago Mother Huff brought me a tin of sweets in an R two D two tin. So things like that, I think, of what Star Wars does like yeah, the expensive figures are great and the lightsabers and that, but it's the little bits that matter. Yeah. But then it's also some of the Star Wars stuff is so expensive. I feel sometimes it feels, as a fan, you feel like you're being priced out. Yeah. So a proper replica lightsaber is you could easily pay a thousand pounds for that. I don't have and that kind of money. No, sadly not. If I did, my house would look, yeah. I also don't have anywhere to put these things. So they I look really good on the wall. Yeah. Good for power cuts. But because I don't have enough space, that kind of limits what I can have. Because my Star Wars collection is kind of the figurines that you've bought me. I have an R2-D2 mug that one of my friends bought me years ago now. And um, it's not a usable mug. You can't use it. Not at all usable. Um, my sister-in-law-to-be bought me a BB-8 mug. And I also have, you know, the 3D glasses that you get at the cinema? I oh, have, yeah. I have a Stormtrooper pair from when I went to go see other films. So that is literally my entire collection. It's tiny because I just don't have space or money. This is the trouble. I did want to dress Theo as BB-8. Adorable. I have to try and find the photo. I wanted to dress my dog as 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 an at-at because she's quite big. But my other half said no Ah. because she's a muggle. That's disappointing. It really is. My other half would also say no. Curse those muggles. Boring. What about if it's for Halloween? I mean, I might get away with it, but that seems like a lot of money to spend to, to do it once. Yeah, but then you've bought it, you say it's for Halloween, and then what you do is say, well, I've already spent all this money, <laughs> so I just have to continue using it. It's a very good idea. I also don't know if she'd wear it. Mm, that was that. But she has got a Star Wars collar that matches one of my Star Wars t-shirts. That's pretty cool. But she, I bought it for her when she was a puppy, it doesn't fit anymore, which is very oh. sad. I mean, there's that whole controversy controversy about Jar Jar, isn't there? I love Jar Jar. I love Jar Jar. People seem to love him or loathe him. He's a bit like Marmite. I wonder if we like Jar Jar because we came into Star Wars at a younger age. So like the comedy that is Jar Jar is quite young in a way. It's slapstick, yeah. slapstick humour. It's for kids. It's There's also no character like him in the originals. No. But then I wonder if that's the way that cinema has changed in itself as well. So like the, the three original films was a different kind of time of cinema. True. Whereas you're coming into the, the 2000s and again, that's a different form of what was popular. Also, I think like, I don't, I mean, my favourite of the Star Wars movies is Return of the Jedi. Mm. But I, I hate all the snobbery. Oh, the only real films are the original three. It's like, it doesn't matter. It's all Star Wars. Just chill yeah. out and enjoy it, you weirdo. Yeah. I have to say, out of the prequels, Phantom Menace <laughs> overall is probably one of my is probably my favourite. You really like the end of Solo, then. But Phantom Menace is the only of the prequels that I like. I don't really like the other two. I watch them because they make make up part of the story. Mm. But I don't connect to them. In a way. Yeah, same, really, I guess. So I guess I watched them for the information that then leads into the original films. 
than I, I love all three of the original films. So, but I think all three of the the, the three trilogies you can almost watch separately. Like mm-hmm. yes, they make one big story, but you could also be satisfied just watching you know the new ones, or you could be satisfied watching the prequels or the originals. Yeah, I just like that in each one in each trilogy there is that one woman that kind of takes charge of all the men. Oh, yeah. And I think some fans kind of miss that. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, my dad doesn't like Ray. doesn't think it should be a woman in charge. But it's literally the, the same in all three of them. In all three of them, when people say, oh, they don't, they don't think there should be this strong female character... You've clearly missed the fact that there's a strong female character in the original films. You've clearly missed that there's a strong female character in the prequels. And yes. you've also got the strong female character in the Clone Wars TV show. And Rogue One. And Rogue One. <laughs> and Solo. And this is the problem. They're missing the point. Yes. It's like the whole thing about... I'm not sure where it was. There was this whole controversy about showing... Uh, carry a uh, layer in the the gold bikini yeah. not family friendly and Carrie Fisher was like that she was put in that by a Jabba she then kills him it's telling girls that if somebody puts you where you don't want to be you can do something about it I think that sometimes gets lost yeah I don't really see the issue to be honest it's not like it's that's, her, that's not like her normal wear and it's quite obvious no. that that's not what she would normally wear it's funny though is it like out of all of them Leia's got the most iconic looks, but then so is Padme when you think about it. Like, you can see the relation there. But then I also, because, like I said, I really love Clone Wars, and Senator Organa's in that quite a bit. He's the one who ends up adopting Leia. Yeah. And I wonder if he's like, oh, great, I've, I've got Leia. She's going to be like Padme, all about, you know, democracy and politics. And instead, she, he gets Anakin's daughter. Yeah. He's like, all about leading a rebellion and blowing up things. I mean, she does it because she wants democracy, so I guess it kind of fits. <laughs> yes, but she doesn't want to talk because she wants action. Like, everyone who says that Leia's a Gryffindor is wrong. Leia is a Slytherin through and through. Yeah, I'd agree. Not that, you know, putting people in Hogwarts houses is the only way to define them. <laughs> no, but it seems to be how we define people. <laughs> it really is. There will be a Harry Potter podcast at some point, we assure you. Yes. It could be three <laughs> days long, though. There is an issue. It really, it really could. But isn't it funny with Star Wars how your favourite, like, you, you love R2-D2. Mm. I, I love the droids as well. Like, but one of the best characters in, um, best new characters in Rise of Skywalker was Dio. Yeah. The droid. Yeah. He was brilliant. When Ray went to touch him, he was like, no, thank you. I was mm. like, I feel that. That is how I am with people. He was social distancing before social distancing was a thing. I did feel they did us dirty on the amount of them. Um, we could have had more R2-D2, I feel. Yeah, I feel like I've been disappointed with that. I enjoyed the amount of C-3PO. Oh, yeah. I love 3PO, though. There's that R2 and C-3PO relationship that I think is missing from the newest trilogy. They're kind of a yeah, package deal, and all of a sudden R2's not really in it at all. He's not really in any of them, is he? No, he's just kind of there. Doesn't really make makes sense for the first one because he needs. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Let's not go there. I don't want to be toxic. No. I think one of the most disappointing things about Star Wars is the fan base can be toxic. Like uh, Rose Kelly Marie Tran, the actress, was bullied off of all social media by Star Wars fans. It's it's not her fault if you didn't like her character. No. And it's not. Daisy Ridley's... Is that her name, Daisy Ridley? I think so. Yeah. It's not her fault if you don't like Ray. No. They didn't they're, write them. No, they're just actors. I quite liked Rose. She didn't... I didn't find her problematic at all. No, and again, she's another character that's developed more in the books themselves. Yeah, because she was woefully underused in The Rise of Skywalker. I mean, I get it, because they didn't... They wouldn't have had time for everyone. Yeah. I'm, I need to read the... Rise of Skywalker book, but so far, I have to say that I can watch the two films that I've never read the books for. I can watch mm. them kind of in a different light. I think I'll understand more of them from 
the fact that I've read that kind of background information that wasn't able to be put into the films. Hopefully it kind of brings new thoughts on the films. Yeah, and I, I think that's the trouble. To use a Harry Potter analogy, like the later films, when there's so much in the books, it does get lost in the movies. Yeah, someone has to make that decision as to what's important. Mm. I guess if you talk to different Star Wars fans, each one would probably pick out something different that they thought should be included or should have been left out. That's the thing. The trouble is, I don't think Rise of Skywalker... I mean, I came out of it and I didn't feel satisfied, but I didn't hate it. But the thing is, I don't think there's any way to end the the Skywalker saga without somebody being disappointed. No. Because whether you started with the originals or you started with the prequels, you know fans have grown up with that saga yeah so it was never going to end in a way that satisfied everyone no and you know i definitely left feeling disappointed with how things were left i could have happily watched the whole film and been happy with it i just didn't like how things were left with ray deciding that she was a skywalker and there was no real explanation for that no in the force awakens book there was something that was said by luke that kind of made that make a bit more sense like there was a bit of a link between those two things i don't hate that she made herself a skywalker no because i think that shows you can choose your family which is great love it but i would have also loved to see her own the name palpatine i'd love to have seen her own that and make it good it would i would have liked to see her say this is who i am but just because this is who i am doesn't mean i'm, I'm going to be on the i'm going to the dark side yeah i guess in a way anakin was a skywalker and he became darth vader so i guess the skywalker name would have then been linked to darth vader for those who knew that he'd gone that way so luke then had to bring it back so that would have been a good way of doing it in the same way i guess um kylo was kind of a star walker Skywalker. A Skywalker. That's the thing. Was he a solo or was he a Skywalker? Oh come on, we all know they took Leia's name. But even Chewie. <laughs> even Chewie. But they refer to him as Ben, ben solo. solo. So he's not even a Skywalker. I don't know. Yeah. It's confusing. And that's the issue. It's confusing. It didn't leave us with that damn. Here you go, it's all makes sense. Yeah, I mean I have issues with Endgame to to change tact slightly but at least at the end of Endgame I was like right I've seen that through now yeah like, and it was like a Iron Man's cap journey Captain America's journey I'm like okay not happy but I see how it's been done yeah there was like a definitive end to it whereas this has kind of left open ends so I don't know so you don't know whether or not we're going to get another trilogy you don't know if that's going to be moved into a TV no it's I don't like open endings like that Mark Hamill posted something on his social media a while back that said basically the end of the Stark Skywalker era. Yeah. So if there is, I think if there is intention to to go back to it, I don't think it'll be anytime soon. No. And I don't think it'll be Luke and Leia. I think it will be... Well, they're both dead. So... Yeah. Yeah, but I mean... I can't go back to this. You could still have Force ghosts. I mean, yeah. you know, they are Jedi after all, which is another thing that irritated me with Leia. Yeah. But it did kind well, of... They did sort of explain it, didn't they? Or she knew yeah. she became a Jedi, her son would die, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I don't know. Again, wasn't really. It's one of those things... It wasn't a bad film, though. I mean, I saw it three times in the cinema. Yeah. <laughs> it would be good to have kind of how we did a Rogue One, so you get that middle bit. It would be good to have that middle bit again. Or an ending, like a, a sequel to it. But even if it was done a bit like um, somebody telling us the story, so even if it was like Finn training new recruits and he's like, let me tell you how we got here. Yeah. And it looks at like Ray going around collecting all the Jedis to train them up or something. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. And then you could go into Finn taking over. Like you wouldn't need it to be a Skywalker movie. No. But it's the whole fact that, like, Ray's lightsaber isn't a typical lightsaber colour. And it's also double-ended, isn't it? Well, they didn't say if it is or not, but they said people have speculated from the design of it that it would be like her staff. 
Yeah. But you can't see that it is because it doesn't show you that it is. That's the thing with Star Wars. And that's what makes it confusing for people who aren't fans or who are coming into the, I hate the word fandom, but into the fandom because the trouble with Star Wars is there's so much lore that's then been changed and there's stuff that's canon and then there's kind of stuff we all just choose to believe is true. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That it hasn't been officially in a film or book. And then there's also stuff from books that you wouldn't know how that connects if you haven't read the books. Apparently yeah. there's a, a book that goes with the theme park. There's a book that goes with a the theme park? Yeah. I saw it on the Star Wars show, which is amazing, by the way. It's on YouTube. But basically, yeah, there's a film, uh, film, a book, I think it's called Galaxy's Edge, which is the same name as the park. Yeah. And then you can take a, you, you have to download something on your phone, which continues the story as you're going around the theme park. Okay. I think that's how it works anyway, which yeah. is kind of cool. But again, it can feel a bit alienating because for most people, especially if you've been a fan since you were a kid, like as an adult, to go to Florida, which is where I think it is, and to go to the park, that's, that's going to cost a lot of money. I don't even want to think about how much money that costs. Sometimes it can feel a bit like you're missing out because you can't afford to do that. Yeah. Like it's on my bucket list, but because it isn't something my other half would particularly like to go to, like she'd go, but it wouldn't be her dream, whereas it would be mine. And it's a lot of money when it's not something that you would ordinarily choose to do. And so I'd, if, if I was like, oh, we've saved all this money up, I want to do this, I'd feel quite selfish. Because it is a once-in-a-lifetime type thing, unless you're very lucky. Yeah. But then I was looking at the prices like when you're there, because you can build your own droid and your own lightsaber and stuff. And every activity is a couple of hundred dollars. Yeah, exactly. So you could easily spend a grand, especially if there's more than one of you, because who wouldn't want to build their own droid? Well, I'd love to build my own lightsaber. I think that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, on top of everything else to get there... Money to and then I don't even know, would you be able to bring it home? Because isn't it technically electronics? I have no idea. There must be a way. Because otherwise they wouldn't be able to offer it, would they? I think sometimes Star Wars, especially now it's so... Because for a while, before the new movies came out, it wasn't that expensive for Star Wars stuff. Like you could go on eBay and pick up a figure for like 30, 40 pounds. But now because it's suddenly everywhere again, is three or four times the price. Maybe that's just me whinging about being poor. And the fact that the economy is like... <clears throat> yeah, there is that. It's not a good time to be a nerd. It is and it isn't. It is for things to watch and read. It isn't to buy things. I mean, I would happily say... like I, I saved up for like flight helmets and things. I'm, that doesn't bother me. Because, you know, there is a satisfaction to it. But sometimes you do feel it like Star Wars Celebration in America... Again, it's in America. We need more things in the UK. Yeah. I'm very sad because one of the museums in Norfolk uh, called the Time and Tide have an exhibit on at the moment all about Star Wars toys, don't they? Well, we say it's on at the minute. Yeah, but obviously the museum been. is shut. Yeah, it so. would have been on because it was one of our <laughs> places that we were planning on visiting. So once we can, there will be a special post. More Star Wars. Yeah. Possibly a YouTube video. Yes, if we can figure it out. We can. We can. We'll figure it out. We'll use the force. So we kind of talked about Star Wars for the last, I'm not sure how long it'll end up being when you edit it, because we did go off a few times on tangents. Yes. Um, I think it's clear that we both love Star Wars. We've certainly referenced it enough times in this and other podcasts. Yeah. And I think like for all the negative that comes with Star Wars, the angry fans and the, you know, being dissatisfied with the movies... I think, as we said at the beginning, and all the way through, really, Star Wars is a connector. Yeah. You know, you watch it with family or with friends, or and that connection lasts longer than the movies or a prop. Definitely. You know, and I said, I went and saw Rise of Skywalker three times. I went once with my other half. She surprised me with tickets. And we saw Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and then Rise of Skywalker began at midnight, which is an amazing thing. I've never seen a film like that before as in watched it at midnight release yeah um so that makes it special then i saw it with you which obviously makes it special because we get on and we had a good time and we that was kind of our christmas outing i was gonna say we bought we bought our special caps 
we bought our special cups i walked into a wall you need to go down an escalator it was all good times yeah but yeah and then so the third time i went i went and saw it with my dad which is always fun just to have like we went for dinner first so it was quite nice just to have some time with my dad one-on-one because that's not something that happens very often so i think whatever your view on the movies or the shows you have to acknowledge that they do bring us together and that they create memories that will last a lifetime not to be too happy so we've come to a bit of an end with our podcast now so we're going to have a quick talk about what we have coming up with the blog and the podcasts so on the blog, we have two more posts on women in religion, starting with um, Tara. I hope that's how you pronounce it. And she's the Buddhist saviour goddess. And then that will be followed by I'm looking at women in crusades for the last one. So that'll be two interesting posts. And podcast wise, after the end of the month, we'll be putting out our roundup podcast, which should drop around the 2nd of May. So in the roundup, um, it'll, we'll be discussing women in religion that we've covered this month, and that'll include our Easter post, as well as a few other women that we didn't have chance to look at within our posts. And podcasts themselves will be changing. So each month we're planning on putting out two podcasts. One will be the roundup, which rounds up our blog posts. And the second one, we're basically calling it the tangent. So in that podcast, we will look at things that might relate to what's coming up on the blog. So this month, it will be looking at mythological creatures and fairy tales, which links into Myth May. But otherwise, it might be random topics like Star Wars or something else. How many Star Wars podcasts can we do? I mean, probably a lot. Or Harry Potter, you know, pop culture. So if there's anything that you want to, us to talk about, feel free to message us, send us messages on social media um, and let us know. So that would fit into like our Tangent podcast. And we also now have a Facebook page. We do. So if you want to get in touch with us on social media, I mean, if you want to talk about Star Wars, we're there every day for that or anything else. Um, you can contact us on Twitter. We are at SagasShe. Instagram, we are at sagas underscore of underscore she. And Facebook, we are now at sagas of she. That all three are different. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's nothing I can do about that. As always, um, we like to end on a quote. And this time I got to pick and decided I would share a quote from Carrie Fisher, the princess herself. So she said, stay afraid, but do it anyway. What's important is the action. You don't have to wait to be confident. Just do it and eventually the confidence will follow. So with that, until the next time, may the force be with you.